Well, hi everyone. Uh, my name's Leo. For those that don't know me, my wife's Christine, and we lead a church in Sydney called Glorious Gospel Church. And I want to say it's a real privilege and an honour to share the Word of God to you. I want to say thanks to Grant Crawford and the team, of course, um, just for the, uh, the the opportunity to share the Word, and it's such an honour. Um, so thanks, Grant. And um, just want to share the Word and encourage us in this season. I'm sure we're all facing the issues that we are facing globally. And um, the church shines and rises higher and better in this season because as the world gets darker, the church gets lighter and brighter. Um, but what's on my heart is to actually speak about um, the message is keep watch over yourselves and the flock as overseers. Keep watch over yourselves and the flock as overseers. But the first, uh, our first priority needs to be that we keep watch over ourselves. Um, Paul spoke about take heed with yourselves. Take heed means to give attention, pay attention, put some, put your mind on and focus on how you're walking with the Lord. And so our first priority is to make sure we're healthy because if we're not healthy, we're not going to be able to take care of the, the church of God properly. We're not going to take care of his flock, his sheep. So, Ezekiel 34 verse 7, uh, the Lord rebukes the, the shepherds and he actually says, uh, there is no shepherds and, and they did not call his flock home. And yes, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds, this is found in verse 7 of uh, Ezekiel 34, did my shepherds, uh, sorry, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. So, so the Lord was correct in that because the shepherds were only taking care of their, their, their natural needs, their fleshly needs. So we're not talking about taking, out, taking care of ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and in our walk of the Lord. But these shepherds were taking care of themselves. They're actually feeding off the sheep. You know, they were, they were enjoying their life and, you know, at the expense of the sheep, if that makes sense. And so, um, but, but I believe in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Paul says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. Take heed to yourselves first and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, have, he has purchased with his own blood. So the word heed means to hold the mind to, to put your mind to yourselves first. And also it means to pay attention, to, to be cautious about or apply oneself to you. To, to apply oneself to. So we're thinking about our our walk, our, our, our relationship with the Lord. You have to, it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to make sure that we maintain and we grow and we mature, we nurture our own relationship with the Lord. It's like when you're in the airplane, they're always the instructors and the you know, flight attendants, when they make those announcements and the safety protocols, they always say, um, if the oxygen mask is needed, it'll come down from the roof, but make sure you Fix yourself first, and then you can attend to somebody else. So, in other words, you know, if you're thinking about your children and you're trying to take care of your children, and, and as you fix someone else, it's sort of sort of you die. And sometimes, spiritually speaking, we're like that. We're always running around trying to help everybody else with their oxygen masks, spiritually speaking, but we're not taking care of ourselves. So, we're going to make sure we're breathing the oxygen of heaven all the time. That we're always. You know, hydrated. We're always full of energy. We're full of love and full of passion, full of joy. So these things are really, really important. You know, statistics say roughly a hundred people who start up in full-time ministry at the end of their life, only ten are still in the ministry. Out of a hundred, ten. 
That's like 10% will make it. You know, 10% of people that start off in ministry, that's very low statistics. We'll, we'll make it to the end. And we're, we're talking about a marathon here. We're not talking about, um, you know, just going for a quick sprint. We're talking about walking with the Lord and waiting and serving Him until He returns. Until this is all ushered in and King Jesus comes back to planet Earth and, and creates, you know, uh, His kingdom and, and develop and, and build his kingdom. And he actually is going to go to Mount Olivet and establish his, his rule and reign for a thousand years in Jerusalem. Well, number one thing I want to talk about first, uh, why is this so? Why do people burn out? We're talking about why do people burn out in ministry? And because obviously they're not taking care of themselves first with their relationship with the Lord. So the first thing is exhaustion. People just get into physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, spiritual exhaustion. Like, we've got to make sure we don't get exhausted. We've got to make sure that we're not um, pouring out. Now, basically, the recipe for burnout, uh, the, the recipe for exhaustion in any area of our life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, is basically giving out more than you're putting back in. It's a simple thing, but we can, if we're not, if we're not looking at the, you know, the, the health uh, meter, and we're not looking at our dashboard, so to speak, in a, in a car. If you're not looking at your petrol gauge, your oil gauge, if you're not keeping your eyes on the fact that, hey, am I getting exhausted? Am I burning out? And again, if we're pouring out more, more energy, more spiritual energy, more emotional, mental energy, we're pouring out more than we're putting in, there's going to be deficit. Just like in a bank, bank account, if you spend more than you put in, if our expenditure exceeds our income, you've got deficit. So if our expenditure of energy is more than what you put back in, you've got deficit. You will have some type of burnout. And the enemy doesn't care how long he takes. He will go for you and he'll he'll take, if he has to take years, he'll take five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. He doesn't care how long it takes. He, he's, he'll, he'll, he'll grind you down if you don't spend time with God. He'll, he'll make you get slowly tired or burnt out where you don't even notice it. This is the thing that people sometimes burn out. They don't realize they're burning out. They're not realizing they're giving out more than they're putting back in. Everything physically alive from the plant kingdom to any animal to any human being. But look at any plant. They are physically in existence because they're getting nourishment out of the minerals of the ground and, and out of the sunlight and out of the water. And so they, they actually have to have enough roots to get um, you know, nourishment, minerals, and they have to get more than they need. So th th there's a certain level of expenditure that these plants will, will need. But if for some reason they don't get enough water, they don't get enough sunlight, or there's not enough soil, nutrition in the soil, what happens? That the... The energy they need to survive is not enough, therefore they die. And, and, and everything in life is like that. You know, uh, Your budget is like that. If you're spending more than it's coming in, it, it'll be deficited. And so we need to make sure that we're pouring into, for our relationship with the Lord, pouring back into us more than what we're giving out. And that's got to be on a consistent basis. I think this is really, really important. Number two, let's, the gauges that we're supposed to look on, our health gauge, you're on the dashboard and you're looking at the oil, you're looking at the petrol, you're looking at all the other things that, that might light up. There's sometimes, depending on the car you've got, it, it lights up certain um, things and to give you, an, to make you aware there's something wrong in the motor that you have, to, you have to put some attention to that. You know, even the BMWs, the new ones anyway, they'll actually shut down if something's wrong with the motor because... If they continue, other things are going to um, get destroyed. Other things will, will be um, uh, you know, wrecked 
because that, that you keep going. You keep driving when there's no oil in the pistons and there's no oil in the motor, you're gonna wreck the whole motor. You're gonna seize up the whole motor. And so that's why the BMWs now, they've got this mechanism that'll shut the whole thing down and won't even turn on anymore. And even now, even human beings, the reason why people faint, it's to self-preserve themselves. Your body has a mechanism that something's wrong and I've got to protect every part of the organ so I'm shutting down and they faint. And so um, God's put that in our human body. So number two is let's let's watch our passion. Let's not lose people in the time of walking with the Lord for many, many years. They can lose their passion. So let's be aware that we don't lose our zeal for the Lord. If you lose passion, you don't want to eventually you don't want to pay a price for anything anymore. So if you lost your passion for God, passion for your love for the Lord, passion for your, the word, passion to love people. If you've lost your zeal, your passion. Remember the Lord Jesus, it says that the zeal of the Lord consumed him. The zeal of the house of the Lord consumed him. That's what Old Testament scripture said about the Messiah, Jesus. And so we are to have passion. So make sure when you're looking at the health media, media test, do you still have passion? Remember when you first got saved? Remember when I first got saved? Remember how passionately in love you were in, with, with the Lord, with people, with the work of the Lord, with the word of God, with everything you put your hands to. You're so passionate. So, so are we doing the things but lost the passion? Are we just going through the motions? I believe if you and I stay in love with Jesus, constantly in love with Him, it's always going to be passion. Passion is connected to love. And when you have passion, you're willing to pay a price. You're willing to sacrifice. I remember when I first, um, you know, courting my wife, Christine, and she's in, from Melbourne, I'm in Sydney, and I would uh, drive down many times. And I was, but with joy to drive down eight, nine, ten hours. And I would just love to go to see her and meet her. And it wasn't a hard thing. It wasn't a sacrifice. It wasn't like, oh, I can't believe I have to drive all the way to Melbourne. No, in actual fact, I couldn't wait. Anticipation, excitement, and passion. And, and I would do anything, pay a price, buy a ticket to get there through airplane or a bus or whatever it is. I wanted to make time to meet the one I love. And so we are like that with the Lord. Make sure your passion with the Lord stays on fire. Passionate on fire relationship with the, with, with the Lord. That means we deny ourselves. You know, if you're in love with the Lord, you constantly deny yourself. You deny the, 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 the fleshly desires of this world because you want the one you love. That's why we go into fast. Why? We don't eat food. Instead of sleep, we get up to pray. Or instead of watching TV, whatever it is, uh, you sacrifice things of, the life, of this life, pleasures of this life. Why? Because I want to know him. I want to meet him. I want to see his face. I want to experience his presence. We can never lose this passion because if we are losing this passion, this is a sign of slowly burning out. Your responsibility, my responsibility is to test ourselves and ask ourselves, are we slowly, again, ever so slowly to the point you can hardly detect it, are we slowly losing our passion? Make sure we continually fall in love with Jesus. Number three is disappointment. Now, when you're in ministry more than two days, you're going to be disappointed. And so it's, just, it's, it's actually something we need to work with. And, and, and over the years, we're so tempted to maybe look at our life's work and maybe, you know, the enemy. I know the enemy from time to time is whispered in my ears many times over the years. Look at, look at the how many people have come out just to hear the word of God from your lips. And others trying to say, look, there's only 80 people. There's only 100 people on this Sunday night. How come, uh, you know, after all that you've dedicated your life to, there's not many people coming out? And I can listen to the negative lies. I can listen to, you know, the, the here and now. Maybe it was a bad night. Maybe, you know, for whatever reason. But instead of seeing, hang on a sec, Lord. 
I could be appreciate that for many years I've served you. You've opened up many doors. I've preached in many nations. I've preached and we've planted churches from our church. And Lord, we've you know we're on radio, we're on TV, we're we're, we're doing social media. There's there's YouTube. There's this. I can think, Lord, how many times do you take the words of God and you've planted seed? I don't know the effects. I don't know the eternal effects. I don't know what you've taken the the simple word of God from our lips. I don't know how effective you have been. Only heaven will know. So it's important that we stay encouraged, that we don't allow ourselves to get disappointed. You get disappointment. You expect that you're going to have a certain amount of people by this amount of time. And then because you're not there, you can get disappointed. You miss that appointment. And so we've got to remember that ministry is like this. Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one came. Was it one that came back? Yeah, only one came back. Or two came back to give thanks. Think about all the others that didn't give thanks. He could have thought, well, how come the others didn't come back? It's, it's found in Luke chapter 17, verse 12. No, only one came back to give thanks. And Jesus could have said, where was the other nine? How come they weren't grateful? And got all discouraged because I just healed them of leprosy and they weren't even grateful. Wow, well, I've dedicated my life to, to my father and, and these lepers didn't even come back to give thanks. Only one did. Like he could have got negative if he looked at what God was not doing instead of being grateful for the one that did come back. And so this is the, the art of uh, encouragement is be grateful for the one that did come back and say thanks. And so this is true of every area of life. We can, you know, the pool of Bethsaida, Bethesda, Bethesda, or something like that. Anyway, uh, um, Jesus heals one person and all the rest were still sick. And again, that negative voice or someone that's a critic you go, well, Jesus is not a real healer. He would have healed everybody. Why? How come everybody else didn't get healed? How come only one person got healed? And again, you can get negative and disappointed because you're looking at what God's not doing rather than putting your attention and praise on what God is doing. I seen it done in our own city in Sydney. Benny Hinn has visited over the years, many years ago when he used to visit Sydney. And I have actually personally been in one of his meetings once or twice. And I remember seeing the miracles that were happening. People getting healed of all sorts of sicknesses and, and diseases. And I was weeping because of the power of the testimony. People coming up and you can see it's genuine. You can see it's real. And I'm weeping, crying out of gratefulness to God. But you know, on the TV, on our you know, news program or our current affairs, when they uh, covered Benny Hinn, you know what they did? They went to that one or two people in their wheelchair that never got healed. They say, well, did you come to get healed? Yeah, yeah, I did. And you haven't, you, been, you haven't been healed? No. And so they don't, they don't interview everyone that did get healed. They interview the ones that didn't get healed. And so, again, it's looking at what God is not doing or what didn't happen rather than be grateful and praise filled for what God is doing. So be grateful for what God is doing in your church or in your, in your life or through your life. I believe it's, a, again, very important that we have this heart of praise. The Bible says, give thanks always for this is the will of God concerning you. And, and we have to give praise all the time. The sacrifice uh, of our lips, giving praise to his name. And we've got to stay positive and, and, and say, God, I'm doing this for you. Ultimately, you see everything. And in heaven, God will reward even a glass of water given in his name. Amen. So number four is pain. So we need to gauge the pain level that we are working through. And pain is a good thing. Pain needs to be seen as a friend. I know it's hard to see pain as a friend. You think, what are you talking about, Leo? How can you see pain as a friend? Now, this is what I mean. If I was walking down the beach, say we're in Durban, and, and, I, and I stepped on a glass and I cut my foot. Now, if pain didn't tell me, ah, 
I just stepped on glass, I wouldn't attend to it. If I had no pain, I would keep walking. I've been slashed my foot open. I'm bleeding. Don't even know I'm bleeding. I can't give attention to it. I can't protect it. I can't stop the bleeding because I'm not even aware that I've, I've cut my foot open. And then I'll actually bleed to death and die. So what's pain? Pain is to give us a gauge to deal with it. Something's wrong, deal with it. And that's true of, I think, all the deadly spiders in Australia. We've got a lot of deadly spiders, you know. You name it, we've got it. Snakes, spiders, sharks. I mean, and, and uh, you know, redback spider, funnel web spider. If a bite it's always got a sting. Anything with a poison has a sting. It's a good thing because it tells you, oh, something happened. If a redback bit you and you couldn't feel it, you could just die because you don't even know you've been poisoned. So, so pain, spiritually, emotionally, when you get pain, in your heart, you've got to realize, okay, I've been hurt. I've been, let's go, maybe the, the fiery dart got through the shield of faith and I've been hit. I can sense some pain. Now we need to make sure we go before God and get healed. We need to you know, pour our heart out to God and deal with it. Be intimate with Him. Pour out your life to Him and, and tell Him why you feel pain. Ask His perspective. Let Him heal you. Let Him touch you. I, I do this all the time. I have to do this all the time. And that's true of all of us. And you might need help to open up to a brother or sister or your wife or husband and you might need to go to a shepherd or a pastor or a leader and, and, and they might help you through it. But make sure you deal with pain. You know, sometimes in the course of leading a church for many years, uh, you know, there's seasons where some people move on and it happens to the best of churches. And, and as they move on, sometimes there's seasons where it seems like a lot of people are moving on. And then you get that phone call and you just, your heart sort of skips, not skips, but you know, your heart just, you feel pain. And you think, is it one of those phone calls they're trying to tell me they're moving on? And, and, and when I catch myself like that, I go, Lord, why is that there? Why is that pain there? And he goes, Leo, you're taking it a little bit personal. You're taking it personal. Don't take it personal. It happens to the best of leaders around the world. And it's true. It happens to the best of churches. I mean, I believe it even happened to Jesus. Jesus lost Judas's commitment. Jesus lost Judas's loyalty. It's not because Jesus's ministry or, or, or um, leadership was faulty. It's just it happens in life. And so... We need to know, I'm not going to take that personal. I've learned over the years to say, I'm not taking it personal. And, and I've, if, if I ever tr do, I say, God, help me. And then he heals me. He touches me. So I'm just encouraging you, make sure you're aware of the little things, the little things that can, the little foxes spoil the vine. It's the little things that can bug us and hurt us. Um, number five, um, they lose the life in the center of their core being. So it becomes functional rather than real. You go through the motions of, of church life, of your walk with the Lord. You go through the motions of ministry, but you've lost the life inside of you. And, and, and so you you'd actually um, don't look forward to doing ministry. And that's because you just go through the motions. You've lost that, that life. And I believe you need to get back, back before God. I need to get back before God. And I need to start looking forward to spending time with God. You know, when, you need to be always just, when's the last time you look forward to, I can't wait to spend time with God. Let's not lose the life in the core of our being. Um, the number, number six is, is boredom. Because you've lost that life, you're just going through the motions over and over and over. You just feel that it's boring. And it should never be boring. Life should be enjoyed. And not endured, but enjoyed, full of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So, so we don't go through the motions. We're not just going preaching the same messages every year or, or, or not reading the word and getting revelation, fresh revelation. We've got to make sure that we don't fall into what I would call a rut where we're slowly dying. I believe if you're not growing, you're dying. You and I, if we're not growing, we're dying. We've got to keep growing. 
So number seven, quickly, these are the things that we look at the gauge is some kind of sin or moral failure. And again, the enemy won't attack you with some great moral failure out there like go, go commit adultery. But he, he tries to take little by little, compromise by compromise, a little thing here, a little bit there, a little thing there, a little thing there. And so sin is destructive. And I believe this thing is probably the one that burns people out the most because sin is like creates holes in your spirit and you try to receive God's love, God's glory, God's power, God's revelation, and it will just flow out. You, you, can't be able, you, won't be, you won't be able to contain it because if you're walking in sin and living a life of sin habitually, I'm telling you, that's what burns people out. And you, you and I have to hate sin for the same reason that the Lord hates sin. Hear that for a second. Not just hate sin. Sometimes we as pastors or leaders, we might hate sin because I know sin will destroy me or I know sin will bring failure. Or if I keep sinning, the church won't grow and we won't walk in success. And so you, you stop sinning for the wrong reasons rather than actually hating sin for the same reason that the Lord God hates sin. And, and we hate it because it hinders us from our love relationship with him. Sin is like darkness. Why would I want darkness when I've got light? When I can go into the light. And so it's getting the same fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And that's why we got to just get this fresh revelation of the Lord so we hate sin. Really quickly, um, things that we can do to watch over ourselves. I'll try to take the next few minutes. Things that we can do. We must watch over our personal relationship with God. That's the first thing you have to do. It's your responsibility, my responsibility. And, and as ministers, be aware that when you spend time in the Word, maybe you're preparing. You know, we always say we're, we're prepping. We're, we're prepping for a message. We're and maybe you spend hours and hours. Some, some of us spend 20, 30 hours of prepping a week. But don't let that be a substitute of your time with the Lord. Don't think, well, I've been in the Word. I've been preparing messages. So that's what fed me. And that's the, the, I think that's the key that I've been trying to work on for many, many, many years. And I'm not saying I've done really well because sometimes I feel like I've, um, you know, my time with the Lord has been prep time. And I think, well, I've, I've spent time in the Word. I've spent time in prayer. But have I spent time in the Word for me? So my encouragement is get in the Word. Not because he, it's, oh, every time you read and you get revelation, it's for you. You might go, oh, that'll be a great preach. Oh, that's a great message. And then you start thinking, of the, you know, you start thinking of others rather, rather than to let the Word read you. Let the word speak into your life. We start thinking of how this word can apply to the message and apply to the flock and apply to the congregation. But I'm saying just learn to have a basis, a relationship, a consistent time with the Lord. Not trying to prepare messages. Not trying to get a word for somebody else, but just for you. Your relationship with Jesus. And let that be the foundation of your time with the Lord. Then the prep time is on top of that. And I think if we can master that, we're going to do well. We're going to do well. Okay, number two, quickly, we need to watch over our character and our lifestyle. Our character basically is who we are when nobody's watching. Who we are when there's no one around. That's our character. How we live before God. When, when, when we're alone. You know? um, we need to hate sin, as I said earlier, as the way the Lord hates sin. And so deal with your character issues. Deal with the little things. Because we need the gift, yes, the power and the gift and the miracles and all the gifts of the Spirit, but we also need the fruits. And so many people have the gift and power and lack the fruit. And some people have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, patience, kindness, and self-control, and they have all these beautiful things, but they have no gifts, no power. But we need gifts and we need fruit growing at the same time. And I, th I think that's really important. That's developing our character. Number three, watch over our marriages and our family. I can't stress this enough. Jesus says, what was a prophet a man if you... Win the whole world, but lose his own soul. 
You win the whole world, but you lose your family. You know, you lose your marriage. You lose your children. So many ministers in the past have won many thousands to the Lord and lost their own sons and daughters. So let's let's make sure we prioritize spending time with our wife, with our children. Um, I, I would encourage you strongly, if you don't already, spend one day rest a week. Make that a, a strong commitment. We've done that for the last 30 years. Always one day rest. Um, and also holidays. We encourage all our pastors to spend uh, four weeks break. You know, again, each nation is different. I understand, but I encourage you make sure you spend a good quality couple of weeks off every year, whatever you whatever you're able to do in your in your country. Number four, the friends that we're accountable to. We need to spend time with the right friends. And a lot of times friendships will change because of the call of God. And some people aren't willing to pay the price to continue on. And, and you are. So your friends will change. But make sure you are accountable to friends. Nathan kept David. Prophet Nathan kept David accountable for his sin. And David never sinned again. Because Nathan spoke into his life. And even David needed a friend. We had Cusha was the king's friend. No matter who you are, you're going to need real close friends. I'm running out of time. Number number five is um, John chapter 7, verse 37. It's a reservoir. Make sure we minister out of our reservoir of our hearts. That means make sure you stay full of the Holy Spirit all the time. It is really up to us. Uh, I, I encourage us to stay full of the Holy Spirit in every area of our life. Number six is we must watch over our rest and recreation. As I said earlier, one day a week rest. Have holidays every every year. Exercise well. Sleep well. Eat well. Do these physical things well and, and, and consistently. Because sometimes the lack of sleep consistently can wreck up your immune system, wreck up your physical body. And if you're not exercising, keep your body full of fitness and energy. I think all these things are very vital. And um, number seven, last thing is watch over your own growth. Paul said to Timothy in first, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone can see your growth. So as long as we keep growing, people keep growing. If I keep growing, my family will keep growing. If I keep growing, the eldership team that I might be leading will keep growing. If I keep growing, the deacons, the leaders will grow. If I keep growing, the church will grow. I have to keep growing in my love relationship with Jesus. That's, that's it, isn't it? If you and I make sure that our relationship with the Lord just keeps growing really intimately, passionately, falling in love with Jesus more and more. I'm going to have to say goodbye. I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity just to share the word of God. I hope this has helped you and encouraged you. And take these words. That this word and put it into practice. It will bless our ministries. Bless you. Thanks again, guys. And we'll see you really soon, I'm sure. Bless you.